Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. All of our podcasts are available wherever you like to get your podcasts, including thetrumpet.com. What do you know about God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit? That's something most people have probably heard about, at least to some extent. But what is it? What is God's Spirit? What does it do? How does it work? Well, the spiritual dimension, it seems unreal to people. And that's simply because it's invisible to human eyes. We don't see spirit. We don't see it, and so it's natural to believe what we see. If we see something, then we say, okay, I can see it. There it is. And so a lot of people will say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. But the spirit realm is something that we don't see. Now we see some things that it does. If we look at God's word and we let it teach us, there's a lot that we can see that the spirit world has done. And uh, we'll look at that here in a little bit. But again, most people just don't really think a whole lot about the spirit realm, and they don't think about God's spirit. They don't see it. They simply don't see it. But the spirit realm is more real than the physical. We learn about the spirit realm from the Bible. That's the only place where we can really learn about it. We don't want to spend time thinking about people's opinions or ideas or things like that. We want to look at God's Word and see what it reveals. We need God to reveal his truth about the topic of his spirit. And we have a few passages that we're going to look at and see what God says and let his word teach us. So if you have a Bible handy, be good to get it out. We could look at these passages together. And the first one we'll look at is in John 4. John 4 and in verse 24. Here's something that's revealed. It says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we see here that God is composed of spirit. The Bible reveals that. He isn't physical like humans are, like you and I are. He's spirit. But God the Father and Jesus Christ, they do have a definite form and shape. And we can see this in a few passages. One that we'll look at is in Revelation 1. And this gives a description of the glorified Jesus Christ. Revelation 1, verses 13 through 16. John saw this and recorded it. And he wrote, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shines in his strength. So a glorified, powerful Jesus Christ here. And 
definitely some some aspects of his description here are different than humans in the sense of the power of it, but a lot of it's the same. Hair, eyes, feet, voice, that's common to us as human beings. You can read in Genesis 1 verse 26 where God reveals that he made man after his image. And likeness, you know, we, we look like God, and he wants us to take on his character. But physically, in the physical form, we look like him. Whether we're male or female, you know, there's some differences there, but of course there's similarities. Eyes, nose, mouth, hands, feet, etc. So we're made to look like God, and that's revealed in the Bible. We don't know that otherwise. We wouldn't know that, so we have to look at God's Word and let him reveal to us what he looks like, what he's made out of, and he does that if we'll believe him. But he's made out of spirit. He's made out of spirit. And he, he has this form, though, that again is similar to ours. We're made to look like him. And it's interesting to think about how much time people have spent speculating about what God is or what he looks like and, and, and all kinds of ideas that people have and get into, instead of just reading what he reveals about himself in the Bible and believing it. It makes it a lot simpler to simply believe what God inspired to be written about himself. He reveals it. I mean, people can dream up all kinds of things, and they have, about what God is. But here he shows us he's made out of spirit, and he has a form and a shape that's like ours. We look like him. Pretty remarkable. Notice Psalm 99 and verse 9. Something else about God here, another aspect of him. And again, we're learning more about his power, but we're learning about him as well. Psalm 99 and verse 9, it says, Exalt the Eternal our God and worship at his holy hill. For the Eternal our God is holy. That's another aspect of God. He is holy. He's holy. You know, again, people wonder, well, what's God like? He's holy. The Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, that's free at thetrumpet.com. Please sign up for that if you haven't. At Lesson 11, it says this, the word holy, as used in Psalm 99, verse 9, means pure of heart or free from sin. So we don't even have to guess about what holy means. There could, you know, people could debate that, but that's what the meaning is. Pure of heart, free from sin. God doesn't sin. He doesn't have it in his heart. He doesn't want to. He wants to be as far away from sin as east is from the west. And, of course, wants to to free us from sin as well. And that's why Christ came to this earth, lived a perfect life, and uh, was a perfect sacrifice so that we can repent and we can change. He wants to remove sin from us as well. But he's holy. And he wants us to be holy like he is. The quote says, The two beings presently composing the God family, that's God the Father and Jesus Christ, have a sinless, holy, spiritual attitude in mind. The Holy Spirit, therefore, expresses the very mind and character of God. So we're getting into the crux now of, okay, well, what is God's spirit? Well, it, it expresses the very mind and character of God. That's what God's Spirit will do. It's his thinking, and it's his power, as we'll see. 
But a person who has God's Spirit and is using it is taking on more and more of this godly mindset. They are obeying the laws of God. The more we follow God's Spirit and follow its lead and let it empower us, the more we will obey God's laws. That's pretty simple. Keeping God's law is what God does. That's how he lives. And his spirit empowers us to do the same. And there are some very specific fruits of God's spirit that are mentioned in the Bible. Again, this is all God's revelation. And we're just looking at what God inspired to be written. Notice in Galatians 5, here are some of the fruits of God's spirit. Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. God's very serious about law-keeping because it's the right way to live. It's the godly way to live. It's the way that produces all good things. It's the way he lives. And so he lists out these fruits here of the Spirit. We can measure that pretty specifically. Now, again, we don't have perfect understanding of, of how much of this we'd have. We'd probably tend to think we have more than we do, but God will help us if we really ask him to show us how much of this we have. And, of course, we need to grow in it. But these fruits are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. So the more of God's Spirit that a person has, and, and again, it, it's something that flows, and you can't bottle it up, but you have to follow its lead and, and, and follow where it leads. Let it empower our thinking, then this is the type of thinking and actions we'll have. Love, God's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Those are things that the carnal mind just doesn't have just doesn't have that. That's why we have war on this earth. That's why we have so many other problems. Have you noticed how many mental health problems there are? I don't know if there are more now than in the past. Maybe they just talk about it more today, but there's certainly a lot. People are just really struggling with their thinking. But again, in most cases, it's because they're not using God's Spirit and don't don't have access to it, haven't been called at this time. But again, God's Spirit brings these these fruits. It's the mind of God. A person who has that, that uh, spirit of God is taking on more of the mind and character of God. And that's laid out here in, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, what those fruits are. Notice uh, Isaiah 11 here gives us a little more about God's spirit and some of the the characteristics of God here in his spirit. Isaiah 11, verses 1 and 2. This is a prophecy about Christ. It says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the eternal shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the eternal. So when Christ came to this earth, he certainly had God's spirit, and he used it. And he used it so powerfully that he never sinned. 
he could be that perfect sacrifice for us because he um, used God's Spirit to create us in the first place as the Word. That's who he was before he came to this earth as Jesus Christ. And he lived perfectly as a human and paid the penalty in our stead for sins. And then when we repent, we can be forgiven. And so we see what the, the Spirit of God empowered him to, to do. It had, he had wisdom and understanding, counsel and might. He had the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the eternal. And we can look at how Christ lived his life, and that is a perfect example of how a person would live if they completely and 100% followed God's Spirit and just had that flowing and empowering their lives totally. And he's the only one that's ever done it to that level and was perfect. So that gives us more insight into God's spirit. You know, if, if we don't look at what God says about these things, we can get kind of murky maybe in our thinking on it and be a little bit fuzzy. Well, what are we talking about here? What do you mean spirit of God? What is that? Well, it's very specific here. Wisdom, understanding, understanding God's word, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the eternal. You know, a person that is following the lead of God's Spirit is going to fear God and do His will. That's what Christ did, and He did it perfectly. The correspondence course says the Spirit of God, like matter, exists in various states. It not only has form, composing the members of the God family, it also flows out from them as power and energy to accomplish their will throughout the entire universe. And we can see the, the results of that creative power. Notice this in uh, Jeremiah 32 and verse 17. We see here that God used his power to create the universe. This earth we live on and the stars we can see and even the stars we can't, <laughs> they're all made, they were made by the power of God's Spirit. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17, it says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heaven and the earth by your great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too hard for God. He made everything by his power. You know, scientists will try to explain a creation without a creator. That's evolution. That's the theory. And, uh, you know, people, I guess, a lot of them just believe that, even though there's no way to <laughs> prove that, and there's certainly no way that could happen. It doesn't make sense. Uh, but one of the things that they struggle with is, well, where did matter come from? <laughs> you know, the idea of matter forming into something, I guess we can envision that, but, but where did the matter come from in the first place? It wasn't, and then it was. How does that happen? Well, it's revealed in the Bible. We see here that God made it. Made the heaven and the earth by your great power. It's incredible to think about that. The correspondence course says, Spirit proceeds from the Father and Son and fills the entire universe, much like air is present everywhere on earth. The Bible clearly shows that God's Spirit is the instrument or means by which the God family creates. Christ, the Logos, or the Word of the God family, you can read about that in John 1, says, spoke and it was done by God's Spirit. It was by the Spirit of God that the creative energy of God was transformed into the physical creation we see around us. 
and it was by the power of God's Spirit that he renewed the surface of the earth. In Genesis 1, it talks about that. Amazing what God's Spirit does. Notice Romans 1 and verse 20. Romans 1 and verse 20, here again it's highlighting the fact that we, we see what God's created in the physical sense. It says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. See, we shouldn't have an excuse for not uh, believing that God exists. Look at everything around us. Look at yourself. Where did you come from? <laughs> Where did I come from? I didn't decide to make myself. I, you know, I wouldn't even know what to do, how to do it. And again, there, there, we had no conscious thought until God created us. We were born. It's, it's all by God's power. We look at the creation. We look at the, the earth. We look at matter. Where did it come from? It comes from God. He made it. He made it, and he uses the power of his spirit to sustain the universe that he created. We see this in Hebrews 1, verses 2 and 3. Hebrews 1, verses 2 and 3. It says, Has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, talking about Jesus Christ, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. In verse 3, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Christ is uh, sitting next to his Father in, in the third heaven. And he's uh, very much involved in directing his work today on this earth. And he has a, a plan, and he's preparing for his government and his kingdom to take over the rule of this earth. And that's all being planned. And he prophesied that when he was on this earth. And, and again, look at what it says about him, that he, he, he um, sustains all of this. He upholds all things by the word of his power. God's spirit not only was used to create everything, but then it keeps it going. There are so many things that have to happen all the time for us to exist and we don't probably think much about them. I mean, we don't worry about the earth spinning. We don't <laughs> worry about the, the sun rising and setting. Uh, there's probably a lot of things we do worry about, and we don't need to, but we do. And uh, But we don't worry about those things, I don't think. At least I don't know anyone that does. <laughs> you know, up all night, terrified that the sun won't rise. We never think about that. Why? Because it's like clockwork. It happens like clockwork, but it doesn't just happen. God's Spirit is used to make sure it all happens. It's amazing. The correspondence course says, God sits at the controls of the entire universe, so to speak, ruling and sustaining everything by the awesome power of his spirit. It's amazing. The power of God's spirit. And when you consider all that God can do with the power of his spirit, all that he's created, all that he sustains, what can he do in your life? with the power of his spirit. It's incredible. He can, he can empower you if you'll follow his lead to develop his character, his thinking. That's more amazing than, say, making the earth rotate or making the sun rise. He's recreating himself in man. 
and his spirit is an essential part of that. It's amazing to think about what he can create and what he is creating in those who are called today and submitting to his lead. To learn more about God's spirit and the power of it and what what it can do in your life, sign up for our free correspondence course. The Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course is free, and it's at the trumpet.com, and this is Lesson 11 that we're talking about specifically. We have other material also on God's Spirit. The Incredible Human Potential really gives you great insight into what God is doing in mankind and the exciting future that he has for all of us. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live By Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live By Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.